I'm going to go ahead and uh, read from Colossians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And I want to pray again for the reading of his word here tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, we want to cover everything with prayer, Lord, because we need your blessing on everything that we do. From the moment that we start to the time that we end, we need your blessing. We pray right now, God, that you would bless the reading of your word. Anoint it, give it life, Lord. And again, I pray for myself that you will help me to be able to communicate your word clearly, effectively, Lord God, that it will make sense to those that are hearing it tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. All right. Colossians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. It says this, Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, last week, we began chapter 4, and we looked at verse 1, which talks about the importance of paying people proper wages for their work. And the bottom line about finances is the more generous you are able to be with people, the more our Lord will bless you in return. It never hurts us to be generous. It never does. The more generous you are, the more blessed you will be in return. Many times our payback is not just in terms of finances. I believe that because Bobby and Patty have been so faithful, not only in their church attendance, not only in their church service here at church, but in their tithes and offerings. I know he doesn't want me to mention that. Okay, that's a very personal thing. But because they've been so faithful in their tithes and offerings and financial support of the church, God protected them from that whole situation. That can only happen with God. Money can't buy that kind of protection, my friends. Money cannot buy that kind of backup. Money cannot buy certain things that only God can provide for us. Listen, it never hurts to be generous with our finances. It will be uh, in God giving us favor with other people and circumstances. And I want to say this to those of you who go out and you go to the restaurants, please make sure that you are not cheapskates when it comes to tipping your servers. Please be generous in making sure that they get blessed. Bless your servers. Bless those who come to your table and put up your, with your nonsense and your madness and, and your kids and your teenagers and, and our complaints and sending the food back. Man, you know, we need to be generous to them because they work very, very hard for what they do. Okay? So don't be a cheapskate when it comes to tipping those that deserve to be tipped. But let's review some scriptures that teach us about how seriously our God takes this subject about making sure that we pay people properly in terms of wages or what they earn. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, it says this, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in, it, when it is in your power to act. Leviticus 19.36, your scales and weights must be accurate. Your containers for measuring dry materials or liquids must be accurate. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 23, the Lord detests differing weights and dishonest scales do not 
please him. Leviticus 19.13, do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, the Bible says this, do not take advantage of a hired worker who is poor and needy. Whether that worker is a fellow Israelite or a foreigner residing in one of your towns, pay them their wages each day before sunset because they are poor and are counting on it. Otherwise, they may cry out to the Lord against you and you will be guilty of sin. So listen, when you go out and you hire somebody off the corner, they may be undocumented workers. They may not be legal. But if you hire them, you better make sure that you pay them some money and that you pay them Fairly, because the Bible says very clearly here, whether they are an Israelite or a foreigner in your town, you need to pay them correct wages. Then we looked at verses 2 through 4 last week, which talked to us about the importance of prayer. And I kind of rushed through it last week, so I want to take my time a little bit more this week on Wednesday night to talk about the importance of prayer, because prayer is so critical. Listen, the people in the world that don't know God, aren't connected to God, they're not going to be praying. The only ones that are going to be praying are you and I who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're the ones through our prayers and the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that are keeping this world together as good as it is right now. If it wasn't for us and the church, everything would be way crazier than it is right now. It's only the Holy Spirit and our prayers that are holding back the forces of hell from coming against the people of the earth. Now, in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, it says this, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Now, in verses 2 to 4, we're learning the following. We need to devote ourselves to prayer. Number 2, we need to be watchful. Number 3, we need to be thankful. In verse 3, we need to pray for our church leaders and for opportunities to preach that those who preach, opportunities to preach to those that need salvation. In verse 4, we need to pray that, that those who preach and teach the Word of God will be able to do it in a way that it will make sense and be clearly understood by those who hear the Word of God. Let's begin with the first point. We need to devote ourselves to prayer. Now, I think that we can all agree right now that that uh, that we are living in stressful and unstable times. I mean, we don't know from day to day or from week to week What's going to go down? What's going to be open? What's going to be closed? What's going to be allowable? What's not going to be allowable? I mean, we don't know from day to day or week to week. This thing that's going on around the world right now is very, very unstable. As our brother Bobby just shared a little while ago, a lot of people are stressed out. They're, they're full of anxiety. They can't sleep right. They can't think right. Everything is just crazy. And now, well, you know, the schools, they're not going to open in August uh, for school and our kids have to be home and Parents have to deal with work, and it's single parents' households, and how are they going to deal with all the responsibilities? I mean, this is putting a lot of stress on a lot of people, okay? And it's so sad because we as a church, we're just getting used to coming back to church and having services again and having people in the church, but now we're back to square one where we cannot have uh, people in the church anymore, okay? 
And then uh, uh, last week, we heard that we couldn't even worship legally in church as a group anymore. So all this stress, even for us that are going trying to get to church, it's so sad because businesses like restaurants and salons and gyms were just getting into a rhythm again. And now they have to shut down indoor dining and activities all over again. Again, this is putting a lot of strain on a lot of people and on a lot of families. On top of this, our communities are still dealing with the pain and the hurt and the anger over the deaths of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor and others. And now this is being compacted by the pain and the hurt of our police officers around our nation that are very discouraged because they too are under attack by angry citizens. And we also have these reforms that are coming down the pipe and the defunding that is affecting our policing agencies throughout our nation. If you don't think that's putting pressure on our police departments and sheriff's departments and CHPs and all of our policing agencies, believe me, they're feeling the pressure of all this madness going on and they have to do their work with a clear head. Then we have all of the statues that are being taken down and the rise of the of the people get, that are getting infected with this coronavirus. And now, I don't have a problem personally with people informing themselves, educating themselves, finding out what's going on, all the listening to the latest news and listening to what's happening. But if you are spending more time commenting and giving your opinion on social media than you are in prayer, I have a problem with that. If you're on social media more than you are in prayer, there's a problem with that, my friend. Okay? Instead of getting yourself all riled up about any particular issue or any particular point of view or any particular person before you go to social media to express yourself, how about getting alone on your knees and talking to God about it right now? Can you say amen? Talk to God about it before you go on social media. Talk to God about it if you're getting all amped up and, and, and all into your into your, your your jargon about what you want to say. Talk to God. Go to Jesus. If you are doing more complaining than praying, then I would say that you are out of order. I'm going to say it again. You are out of order if you are doing more complaining than praying. Regardless of your position, regardless of your opinion, regardless of your viewpoint, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, if you're doing more complaining than praying, then you are out of order, my friend. If you are a Christian, your priority should be to pray about everything that is going on. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You want the answer to all this anxiety? You want the answer to all of this stress? You want the answer to all of this anger and frustration and bitterness and revenge? you got to go to God so that you can calm yourself down. you got to calm yourself down by going to God. It says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If you're thinking about all this madness and all this stuff that's going down, you're going to get messed up in your head. But you've got to take it to Jesus. 
You've got to take it to the Lord. And the way you do that is you've got to spend time alone with God in prayer. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. Now, one good thing that is happening as a result of all of this instability around the world is that we who are Christians are being more watchful. We're more aware of what's going on. And we're now we are asking ourselves and looking for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God has got our attention. I can't tell you how many times this just this month people have been saying to me pastor jerry pastor jerry are we in the last days pastor jerry pastor jerry is jesus coming soon pastor jerry pastor jerry is is prophecy being fulfilled and my answer is yes 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 we are in the last days yes jesus is coming soon yes prophecy is being fulfilled yes watch out keep watch keep looking up Jesus is coming soon. Be prepared. Get your eyes off of the world and put your eyes on Jesus. So one of the good things that's happening is we're putting our eyes on Jesus more. Okay? Now, I don't know when he's going to come or what all this is going to lead to. I have no clue. But if it's putting your heart and mind on Jesus more and causing you to watch for his return and not be so focused on the things of this world, then that's a good thing. We are to watch for his coming. Micah chapter 7, verse 7. But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. God wants us to be watching. He wants us to be alert. He wants us to be aware of what's going on. He doesn't want us to bog down with this world, avoiding Him, forgetting Him, not paying attention to God, not paying attention to the things that are going on around us. No, no, no. He wants us aware of what's happening spiritually. Matthew 7.15 Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 14. It says this, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out. Everybody say, watch out. Watch out, he said, that no one deceives you. Don't get caught up with the system. Get caught up with Jesus. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to the, to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, listen to this verse 10. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. Verse 12. Because of the increase of wickedness the love of most will grow cold it is so sad to see how many of us who are christians are growing cold in our faith in god but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come matthew 24 verses 43 through 44 says this therefore keep watch 
because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Matthew twenty-five thirteen. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Matthew twenty-four twenty-five. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, he says this, See, I have told you ahead of time. You know what's so good about God? He's not here to mess with us. He's not here to play games with us. He's not here to try to trick us. Or man- No, no, no. He says, I'm telling you ahead of time what's going to go down, how it's going to go down, when it's going to go down. And he says, I'm telling you ahead of time so that you can prepare yourself, so that you can be ready. Okay. If we go back to Colossians 4, 2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 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 The Bible tells us to be thankful. Instead of complaining about your food, be thankful. Instead of complaining about your car or, 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 or having to take the bus, be thankful. Instead of complaining about, uh, about how out of style your clothes are or how out of style your shoes are, be thankful. Instead of complaining about your bathroom, instead of complaining about your boss or your job, instead of complaining about the popo, in case you don't know what that means, instead of complaining about the police, even if you consider the popo your enemy, God says, pray for your enemies, love your enemies. The Bible says, instead of complaining, pray and be thankful, the Bible says. When you wake up in the morning, be thankful. When you eat your food, be thankful, even if it's just frijoles and tortillas. Who cares? Just be thankful that you have frijoles and tortillas. When you get in your car or on the bus, be thankful. When you put your clothes on, even though they're out of style, even though you're wearing high, high water pants or you got a torn in between your legs, be thankful that you have some clothes to put on. When you take a shower and flush the toilet, be thankful. When you drink a cup of cold, clean water, be thankful. When you get to work and while you're working, be thankful. And when you see the popo out there patrolling the streets, don't get all paranoid. Don't freak out. Be thankful and just pray for them. Pray that they won't stop you and give you a ticket. Praise God for that. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 4 verse 3. It says this, and pray for us too. This is the apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is writing this. He's a mighty warrior, preacher, teacher, church founder, apostle for God. And he says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. The Bible tells us to pray for our ministry leaders. We need to pray. Please, church, pray for Julie and I as your pastors. I'm asking you, the Apostle Paul asked, I'm asking you to pray for us. Pray for Manny and Jamie that are helping us. Yes, that's our daughter and our son-in-law, but they're helping us right now. You know, they're helping us to, to run the services right now. So pray for them. Pray for our entire worship team. Thank God for, for Robert and for Tony uh, that, that, that's been joining us and helping us out with our worship. Okay, Pray for us, the Bible says. Pray for our online services. I thank God for Joshua and some of the other uh, brothers that, that are helping us with our online services. Our tech team, our sound team, our overhead team, our live stream. Pray that God will keep us healthy and strong so that we don't get all messed up up here. 
Pray that God will open a door for our message of Jesus Christ to reach more souls. Let me read it again and pray for us too. That God may open a door for our message. We need to pray that God will provide us avenues where we can reach more people for him. You know, here is a fact. And here is some good news in the midst of this chaos and this bad news that we have all around us. Since we have been online and live streaming our services, we as a church have been able to reach many, many more people with the gospel message. So even though this horrible crisis has caused a lot of suffering and a lot of death and a lot of loss, at the same time, because of our live streaming, more people are hearing about Jesus Christ and salvation and learning more about the Bible than ever before. As a matter of fact, Julie and I are finding out secretly, it's a big, big secret. Don't tell anybody, those of you that are, don't tell anybody, but a lot of our family members are watching us on, on online services. They don't, you know, we're not supposed to know about it. Oh, let's watch Pastor Jerry and let's watch Julie. You know what? Uh, but we don't want them to know that we're watching. We want this. Shh, don't tell anybody that we're watching. So many people are watching online now, but it's a secret. Don't tell anybody because they don't want anybody to know. It's a, it's a secret. People that would never, ever come into our church are willing to listen to our online services online because they're safe, they're at home, they feel like they're not vulnerable, they feel like Pastor Jerry's not going to point them out or something like that, okay? And that has been a major blessing for the kingdom of God. That's why the Apostle Paul said, pray for more open doors. And even though this is a, a, a catastrophe, what's happening around the world, but praise God that it, it got us to, to a position where we can now reach more people. And that's a beautiful thing, church. Pray that even more people will somehow connect to our live stream services through Facebook and YouTube. Okay? That God will open the door to more ministry opportunities. And that's not just our church, but all the churches that are preaching the gospel. Also, please pray for those who are elderly that have not been able to come to our church because they want to protect themselves and not expose themselves to the virus. That's perfectly understandable. But you know what's really sad? They also do not have a computer. Still today, they don't have a computer. They don't have a cell phone. They don't have another listening device to view us on Facebook, on YouTube. So so for all this time, they haven't been to church at all physically, and they haven't heard any church at all in terms of online services. All, but thank God they're, they're able to hear church, you know, through regular television that comes on through regular television. So that at least they have that. It tells us in Colossians chapter 4, verse 4, our next verse, it says this, Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. This is one of the reasons why I'm reading out of the NIV, the New International Version of the Bible, instead of the New King James or the regular King James of the Bible, so that it will be easier for our guests to be able to understand the Bible, so they could get a clearer understanding of the Bible. We want to try to make it as simple and as universal as we possibly can to reach more people and that they can understand what's going on. Pray for all of us who are pastors that God will help us to reach people of all ages and all cultures and all languages. That God will help us to relate to those who are uneducated as well as those who are super intellectuals. This Bible is able to fit 
any kind of a person. It doesn't matter who they are. That Pray that God will help us to relate and reach people of different economic and social and educational statuses. And, and why is prayer so critical? Why should we be devoted to prayer? Why is it so necessary? Why is it more important that you spend more time in prayer than on social media? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 3 and 4 in the New Living Translation says this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Here is the thing, you guys, about why prayer is so important. Because there are people in the world, they hear the gospel, they hear the preaching of the Bible. I even see it in movies, secular mus- movies, where these great actors, they quote scripture. In the movies, in Hollywood, they hear the preaching. But it's like a riddle to them. It's like a riddle. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't click. It doesn't register. It doesn't compute. They're not able to read it or connect to it. It's just like when when my wife Julie was working on this online uh, live streaming thing okay and she was trying to understand it and she was connecting the camera to the computer and the computer to the uh to the internet and the internet to the live stream and and and, and it was so frustrating to her in the beginning because the the computer was not able to read or connect to the camera and the computer was not able to read or connect to the online services or to the uh, to whatever has to connect things were not connecting things were not plugging in she had all the right equipment all the right wires but they were not connecting until finally she was able to figure out a way to make everything work together the camera with a computer with the online services and all the things and all the technology and all the words that I don't, and all the lingo that I don't know about. She could get up here and tell you, this is connected to this and this has to be read by this and this is connected to this. There's all kinds of connections, interconnections that have to be made. And if one thing goes wrong, the whole thing falls apart. And it's so frustrating. This is why we need to pray, church. We need to pray for those that don't know Jesus that when they hear the gospel, it will register it will click. It will make sense. They'll be able to read it. It will compute into their heart. And they will be saved. Can you say amen, church? Okay. Let me just read this again. It says in Ephesians, another scripture, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 12. Just a couple more, then we're going to end because we're running out of time. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of the of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is an invisible spiritual war. And the only weapons that work in an invisible spiritual war are the weapons of God. And prayer is one of those weapons. Second Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5. We have to end with this. There's a lot more that I can say, but we're going to end with this. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. We are human. 
But we don't wage war as humans do. In other words, we don't use guns and rifles and grenades and tanks. We don't use that in this kind of war of the spirit. We are human, but we do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. There are obstacles, there are roadblocks, there are things that are, that are blocking people from being able to know who God is. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Our weapons are prayer. Our weapons is the truth. When we read out of the Bible, when we hear the Bible, when we speak the Bible, this is truth. And that is breaking down those barriers that are keeping people from knowing who God is. Our weapon is worship and praise. You know, it, it was very sad when our governor said, we don't want any more corporate praise in our church. Nah, that's one of our weapons he's trying to take away. We can't let him take away that weapon. We have to praise our God. We have to worship our God because that's one of the weapons that breaks down those barriers, those blockades that keep people from knowing Knowing God and, and, and the fasting and, and reading the Bible and putting our faith and trusting God regardless of the circumstances. Church, I'm encouraging you as we bring this to a close. We need to pray. We need to pray. Those of you that can fast, go without some meals, you need to fast. Spend time with God. Stop complaining. Stop getting an attitude. Go to God. That will be a lot better than you going on social media and sharing your thoughts with everybody, trying to impress everybody that doesn't even care. God cares. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, that you be with your church. Help us, Lord God, in these days that we're living in to do what you tell us to do, to pray, to seek your face, to be faithful to you, Lord. Bless your people. If you're out there right now listening or if you are one of the few that's here right now, if you say, I am not a Christian and I want to surrender my life to Jesus, we want to say a prayer for you right now, a prayer of repentance, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Perhaps something that I've said here tonight has registered, clicked, connected with your soul. And if that's you here tonight, repeat these words. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And you, Jesus, are that Savior. I believe that you died and rose again on the third day and that you are alive forevermore. Come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me. Adopt me now as your child. By the blood of Jesus, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all those that are out there listening right now, that you will help them to stay strong and to be strong and to stay focused on you, Lord. Not to get discouraged, not to lose their faith, not to lose heart, but to know that you are with us in these difficult days and that you will be with us till the end. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless your church. Thank you for tuning in tonight. See you on Sunday, okay? Those of you that can, uh, join us outside for services outside in Greenwood Gardens. God bless you.